I also have uh, in my notes, you should fire Lars. Stop liking <laughs> Lars. <laughs> One of my notes is just all caps Lars with four exclamation points. <laughs> That's a mood. Yeah. It's like Lars. <laughs> Watch Steven Universe. I am your host, Brian. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on the uh, internet, uh, on Twitter specifically, not just the internet in general, uh, at RoomwearePod, and you can find the podcast on there as well, at GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is my co-host, August. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are they, them. And with us this week, we're very excited, our special guest, Katie! Yay, that's me! I'm a special guest! Um, I'm Katie. You can find me all over the internet at Katie Face. It's K-A-T-Y-F-A-I-S-E. Some people have said it, they think it says Katie Faze. It does not. <laughs> um, I use she, her pronouns, and I am very excited to be here. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Uh, T- t- tell everybody, we, we know Katie, but Katie, tell everybody about Katie. Yeah, um, I am uh, pretty active in the TTRPG scene online. I do uh, the social media and communications outreach for Off the Table. Uh, that's off underscore the table um, on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, we are a very um, sort of diverse in the indie scene uh, playing games that... Uh, maybe you don't get to see a lot of places and um i am also uh just sort of voraciously uh getting my grubby little hands on any games that i can get myself um because i love to play games i love to play games with my friends and um that that's really me and i i just i i love i love doing stuff just any kind of stuff i can get my hands on and I um I'm really excited because I've never actually watched a single episode of Steven Universe at all. This is my first foray into it. And when I was asked to do this, I was like, are you sure? Because I don't I don't know anything about Steven Universe. Like I it's on my long list of shows that I've always wanted to watch. So I'm really excited. <laughs> it's our gimmick, is that you're in the same boat as August for the most part. <laughs> Um, also, you should uh, listen to Katie on Cape Lorelei, where she plays my favorite disaster werewolf. Though, yeah. to be fair, everybody on that show is a disaster. That's actually really true. We're <laughs> Cape. We we have a sister show, Isido Beach, where they're they're their own form of disaster. But Cape Lorelei takes it up to a new level. <laughs> that it is. If you like urban shadows and you like disasters. Cave Lorelei should be your thing. <laughs> Frankly, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I like actual plays, but I also really love CW dramas, listen <laughs> to Cape Lorelei, because it's that. It's that boiled and distilled into, like, a perfect elixir that you can pour into your mouth. Yeah, it, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty, uh, so usually we start everything off by asking if you've watched any cartoons, and when we say cartoons, we actually mean any sort of media. So have you watched any cartoons lately, Katie? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I actually just uh, binged She-Ra. I really loved She-Ra. I thought it was a great show. Um, it was one that was on my list, and I finally watched it. Um, <laughs> I am also a really, really huge fan of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast. Woo, love that really show. show. It's so good. I love the music and I love the storytelling. Um, I love that uh, Scarlamane is just Dan Stevens living his best life. If you know, like Dan <laughs> Stevens true. from Downton Abbey. I did not realize that was him. And then learned who it like learned that was him giving the voice to Scarlamane. And I was like, okay, this is the best day of my life learning who voices Scarlamane. But um, yeah, I just I really love that show. So yeah, I, I definitely I'm a cartoon lover. I, I love them a lot. Wonderful. This uh, we we come to our other uh, weekly occurring reoccurring segment of shaming August until they watch She-Ra. Oh, it's so good, <laughs> August. It'll happen. Like I've seen the first <laughs> season and I liked it. It's just brain machine broke. I get it. Brain machine go brrr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, August, um, have you watched any cartoons? Um, actually, uh, since last we talked, uh, Anya and I watched, uh, it was either like the first two or three episodes of Kipo. Oh, um, nice. And it's cute. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like the art style a lot. Um, the first episode was very off-putting to me because I get really frustrated, uh, depending on how like the whole world-weary veteran plus naive young youngster trope is played out and like the the way that wolf was interacting with kipo was just very off-putting to me but you know uh things picked up by the end of the place where we stopped so i will probably continue so uh, the soundtrack whips for that show man it's very good mm -hmm. um yeah, i i have the soundtrack on my phone and listen to it regularly even to this day it's so good Honestly, uh, I I feel bad because last time we recorded, we talked about like shot composition, um, and I was talking, I, I was messaging August about like how did I forget to mention Samurai Jack when I was talking about shot composition, and I also forgot to mention Kipo, which has like really interestingly <laughs> shot uh, action scenes. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I think um, about the uh, I don't want to spoil anything for August, but I think about the wolf episode a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, the, like, wolf backstory episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the, the episode where they fought the wolves. Oh, okay. Science that, wolves. But the science wolves. <laughs> that episode is shot so good to me. Like, that, the, the fights in that episode, I think that... It, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I just don't want... I don't want to go too into detail, yeah. but... Um, the, yeah. I feel like Kipo really picks up, like, the first... I feel like it, it, it finds its groove in its gear like character meshing wise like episode four or five whenever the lumber cats show up. i agree yeah i completely agree with you because that's when the show's like yeah we're gonna get fucking weird now peace yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it get when it when it gets weird is when it picks up for yeah. sure <laughs> oh okay. you thought the frog gangsters were weird <laughs> okay that's yeah. cool um yeah it was just the the tension between Kipo and Wolf was was very frustrating to me, so I almost noped out after the first episode. But I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, it's a it's a good little show that really kind of 
does a pretty good job in that same way of like fucking with like like stock character tropes. Mm-hmm. So and I think there's a lot of underlying tension there, but I found like the tension in She-Ra to be even like a lot more off-putting. I, I'm glad I stuck with She-Ra because I love She-Ra to death, but like I found the tension there to be way more stronger than in Kipo. But it's a show also, that you like, physically want to shake sometimes. Yes, like I definitely <laughs> wanted to just like take that show by the shoulders and be like, would you please just communicate with each other? <laughs> but, Stupid uh, teenagers being bad at communicating their emotions. Seriously. <laughs> um, but I think that like there's a lot of underlying t- tension in Kipo that it just, I, I, I stuck with it because like Kipo is just so wholesome and pure and she wants things to work out. And that was knowing that that was there made it a lot easier to to swallow i think mm-hmm. okay um oh i guess i've watched things um i honestly haven't watched a whole lot of things i keep watching ahead uh trying to figure out when things happen in steven universe and making myself cry so that's cool i don't know why i just <laughs> keep immediately picking the episodes that make me cry yeah uh so that's fun um also, I don't know if it counts as media, but I've been like doom scrolling Reddit and Twitter. So that's been August has to live with <sighs> you sending sending them terrible, terrible things all the time. Yeah, I think I think that's fair for probably a lot of people just been doom scrolling lately because what what else is there to scroll through? It's just a lot of doom. Yeah. I've mostly been, like, going through specifically, like, uh, searching Steven Universe on Twitter. Because I'm like, how do I engage with the fandom of Steven Universe? And then, like, scrolling through the Twitter. I'm like, ah, fuck them. Um, <laughs> Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan gif of, like, fuck them kids. But it's, like, Steven Universe fans. <laughs> uh, or fandom, not fans. You can be a fan of Steven Universe and still be cool. Uh, I, I yeah, just, and not yeah. be in the fandom, yeah. Yeah. I had to learn that being a Tumblr user. I had to learn that really, really quickly <laughs> when I was a Tumblr user. Yeah. It's true. We need to we need to wayback machine the Tumblr. I feel like that's where we're gonna get all the good juicy content, August. Oh, for sure. You're probably right. It's just I'm scared to go there, even though like I'm more <laughs> of a Tumblr not than you are. I'm scared to go there for fear of like major spoilers. Oh, that's true. Also, uh, ever since, was it Google that bought Tumblr? Tumblr's yeah, layout yeah. and the way that it works now is just not good anymore. It's it's not user-friendly searching. Like, it used to, like searching tags and stuff is not good anymore. I wonder if That's, you can limit things by using the Wayback Machine. I mean, maybe. Uh, it just depends because, like, Tumblr gives you the option of choosing whether or not your blog will be... Uh, indexable by uh, Mm -hmm. search spiders so it's entirely probable that for some blogs you could other blogs you wouldn't be able to Um, I didn't know that Tumblr did that yeah yeah you Uh, can you can make if if option if you're searchable or not oh interesting yeah Um, Mm. but it's weird that uh, because it was uh, the owners of WordPress that bought uh, Tumblr off of Verizon and it's weird that it doesn't handle tag searching that well because uh, you'd think it would. That's fair. Um, cool. Uh, that's basically I haven't, I've been fighting I watched the Mighty Ducks. Does that count as a cartoon? 
Well, I mean, did you watch the Mighty Ducks cartoon where they're all like anthropomorphic ducks fighting crime in hockey masks? No, I didn't, unfortunately. I watched the Mighty Ducks, the one where Emilio Estevez saves a, a small hockey team. <laughs> I, I don't know which movie... one of those two things sounds more outrageous. I mean, <laughs> I remember... Me? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that movie being really entertaining when I was younger, although I'm sure it hasn't aged well. You know what? There are parts of it that aren't great, uh, but there are parts of it that... It's still a whole, I feel like it still holds up. I watched it with Shannon's kid, uh, and he's an actual 12-year-old, and he found it engrossing as hell. I mean, that's about mm. the age I was when I saw it last, and I fucking loved it, so. Yeah, so, like, there, there's some shit, like, uh, like, it's weird that Charlie, like, the main, the main kid on the team is constantly trying to get his mom laid, like, he's the best little wingman. Oh, <laughs> Um, though, to be fair, it is Emilio Estevez, so, you know, like, he's just trying to do fair. his mom a solid. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's also a weird thing that I noticed is that, like, there are two, like, two girls on the team, and it's never a plot point. They're just there. Which I guess it's a, an intergender, like, intramural hockey league or whatever. <laughs> so, um... Alrighty. Well, let's get down, down to, business to business to defeat uh, the Huns. While I vamp because I forgot to pull up the wiki. <laughs> da, 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 da. We could always sing the Big Donut song. <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm sure we will sing the Big Donut song. Don't worry. <laughs> Anya's groaning showed up on my waveform when I said that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'll, I'll, I'll isolate and amplify. It'll be like it's CSI, but for audio, like enhance. Anya. I don't know if you can hear that I can hear on that, Discord. Yes. Uh, I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh we are covering uh episodes uh 19 20 and 21 Rose's Room Coach Steven and Joking Victim. Uh first up is Rose's Room. Uh the official synopsis. Stephen's desire for some alone time unlocks a new room in the temple that answers his every wish. That's that's okay. This is an yeah, okay one. That's that that's a legit. Uh, yeah. That I would believe that that person watched the episode. Yeah, like yeah. obviously you don't want to give the game away, uh, but you know it's good. Sometimes these are terrible, Katie. The, <laughs> the synopsises are terrible. Yeah, these are like yeah. I guess the, the the official synopsis are the ones that show up on like your your channel preview on, like, cable or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. They're just fucking garbage sometimes. All right. So the episode begins with Stephen finishing off a can of creamed corn. Um, it's uh, the fourth can Ooh. of creamed corn. This is very important that he ate four <laughs> cans of creamed corn. Four cans, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the gems walk in from the temple door, uh, and Stephen excitedly tells them that he's eaten these four cans of creamed corn because they've got uh, $5 coupons for mini golf because he wants them all to go mini golfing. Uh, unfortunately, the gems have to go on a mission. Pearl seems pretty upset about it and trying to placate him. Uh, Stephen is disappointed, but the mission's the mission. They have to go on it. Uh Steven, after that, decides he wants to play um, Golf Quest Mini, which I didn't realize was the name of the game until reading this, uh, which is a turn-based ta turn um, JRPG about golf that's aping the style of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it's very 
interesting. He stays up all night playing the game. Uh, he gets to the final boss, uh, defeats it, and then unlocks the secret ending just as the gems arrive back. Uh, the gems are excitedly trying to tell him about the Wailing Stone that they discovered, uh, though Steven is really trying to watch this, uh, watch this um, secret ending. Uh, Amethyst activates the Wailing Stone, which destroys the TV, upsetting Steven. Uh, Steven has a bit of a blow-up at the gems, wanting a place where he can be alone. His gym glows, activating a door in the temple, uh, unlocks his mother's room. Uh, Steven runs in at the protest of the gems, where he finds basically an endless expanse of clouds. The endless expanse of clouds answers every one of Steven's desires. When he asks for a bed, it makes him a bed, it makes him a slide, a parachute, a tiny whale, and finally he asks to see the ending of his game. Uh, he sees it. Uh, it's very good. Uh, and Stephen decides, well, I'm kind of hungry. A donut appears. Stephen tries to eat the donut. It doesn't work. Stephen asks for a real donut. A new donut appears. It's still, in fact, a fake donut. So Stephen says, well, I guess I'm going to have to go out for donuts. And the door appears. Stephen exits into Beach City that is empty. Uh... The house is empty. Beach City seems empty. He arrives at the Big Donut, but Sadie and Lars are acting strange. Uh, they aren't talking as Steven tries to get a hold of them. Um, they uh, act very robotic and weird. Uh, and Steven gets kind of creeped out when they just kind of hand him donuts and then fly the fuck away. Uh, so Steven runs out after them, claiming that he doesn't, he hadn't paid yet. Uh, he runs into Onion, who kind of is just Onion. He's acting exactly how Onion acts all the time. Uh, and he travels, uh, going through the city. It's very eerie. It's empty. Everything is kind of creepy. He cr comes across Frybo, uh, at the, um, Fry Shack. And it gives him the bits, and then it gives him the bits again, and gives him the same bits over and over again. Steven runs away, scared, to the beach where he finds uh, creepy Connie spouting creepy lines. Everybody appears on the beach, except they're not moving, and they have the weird uh, distant camera face. <laughs> um, and then uh, Steven uh, is consumed by water and appears at the at the car wash after asking some for somebody to explain things to him uh greg walks out he's very comforting uh steven tells the whole story to greg uh greg gives him some fatherly advice steven continues lamenting greg gives weirder fatherly advice uh, eventually steven realizes that he's in a simulation he's been in a simulation the whole time uh beach city disappears uh steven is falling through space uh, the whale asks him what he wants, and he says he wants to go back to the gems. He's expelled from Rose's room to the gems. Uh, they comfort him about the experience and uh, say that they finally get a chance to hang out. Uh, Steven gets everything he wants. Star wipe the end. So, uh, I, so, uh, for the audience, my first note uh, here is four cans of nightmares because I cannot I don't hate cream corn I want to go on the record to say that I don't hate cream corn but I do hate the idea of eating four cold cans of cream corn yeah <laughs> see on, a, on the complete opposite my, my note was four cans doesn't seem like a lot <laughs> oh meanwhile. I really like cream corn 
<laughs> Meanwhile, my first note is poor Steven and his latchkey kid syndrome. Oh! <laughs> I get I eventually get there. Uh <laughs> But he, it, this episode does open with him just eating a bunch of cream corn, which it does. It does remind me of my mom working and me being left at home alone and just going through the pantry and like, well, what's in this can? <laughs> that is what can I have for dinner tonight? <laughs> that is a lot of Stephen's general uh, culinary experiences. I would imagine <laughs> this is. Stephen would have probably eaten four cans of something. He just happened to eat this cream corn because it had the coupons, I feel like. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I love Garnet being like, I love the, the pause they put in there where Stephen's like, look, guys. And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I did. I did really like the part about uh, his dad's golf pants. Yes. Because yes. I, my first thought was that I would wear those in a split second. They were very stylish. I really loved them. Um, I thought that they would look beautiful in Garnet because Garnet has the hips for them. And um, it turns out you were right. <laughs> <laughs> they were really nice. And I would have worn them. <laughs> yeah, I'd wear those pants. I mean, not necessarily those pants, but I'd wear those pants. Yeah, I get what I get what you mean. Maybe not maybe not Greg's pants. Yeah, no. You know, but but I'd I'd wear pants in that style. <laughs> um man the so Steven going into the negotiation of like trying to get the gyms to stay uh is hurts so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. it's like it's so it, it, it is so very, uh, I don't know, it, it feels very genuine of how, like, a kid would be dealing with, like, the adults that he wants to hang out with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Show continues that's to why be I, rough sometimes. Yeah, like, and, and I get that that's why, like, when he turns to just, when when the real world fails, like, I made the note, when the real world fails, just play a video game. Like, I get that, because... That's something you can control. You know, you can control what happens in a video game for the most part because he can't control what's happening in the real world. He can't control the adults around him. So play a video game because at least then you know, you know, you have the cheat codes. You have the things that you can, you you have all your, you know, your inventory and your things that you can, that you can make do with when you don't have that in the real world. Mm Mm-hmm. Steven does have a tendency to, that's a really good point, like, over the course of the series, Steven does have a tendency to, like, he, I mean, he he lives a fairly fantastical life. He lives with three aliens, and they regularly fight monsters, uh, but he mm-hmm. still, like, uh, is really big on, like, escapist-style media. Mm-hmm. So, it's very, um, so I'm pretty sure Golf Quest Mini is, did you guys ever play uh, Mario Golf for the GB, the Game Boy Color? No. Uh, no. Uh-uh. So Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color. Now you all might remember Mario Golf from the Nintendo 64, the fun party game. Yeah, about I remember golf. it from that. Uh, uh, the Game Boy Color game is made by Camelot Games, the people who make Golden Sun. So they made a golf RPG. What? <laughs> okay. And this is I I think like I honestly think that Mini are, are like Golf Quest Mini is like a parody of Final Fantasy VII and. Game, like the Game Boy Color Mario Golf because it's straight up a fucking RPG where you like level stats 
and play a sort of like um you know 16-bit 8-bit style golf game like but you're you're leveling stats you're going against people they have different abilities it's it's super wild uh huh. the same was true about the game boy color version of mario tennis <laughs> oh so, okay yeah so there's your uh there's your uh f- fun fact for this for this day well all right um so let's talk about steven getting mad uh because i have like a couple of i honestly just wrote down let's talk about steven getting mad uh because <laughs> i feel like it's a it's it's a a, a wide subject to dive into because like the gyms are very like concerned about steven but like mm-hmm. not paying attention to him, I feel like when they yeah. come back. Yeah, I feel like it's a very adult type of thing mm-hmm. to not like understand where a, this child is coming from. Like it's, it's a very clearly the child was reaching out for atten- for attention and like wanting something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I I totally can put myself in Stephen's place, you know, like. Even as me being an adult now, like I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'm very clearly an adult, but, um, but like I can put myself in Steven's shoes of like asking over and over for attention and then like mm-hmm. not getting it, even though like, I feel like it, it's like I'm screaming into a void and then you just, the, the people around you give you what they think you want and what they think you need. And then it's just like, you've hit that that straw that breaks a camel's back and you're just like, no, I'm done. I'm angry. And this is how I lash out, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, this is something that's not new where the gems not being able to give Steven the attention that he needs causes trouble. Right. This is, this is sort of like the reoccurring, like the gems not really like they care about Steven they want the best for him, but they don't really know how to interact with him. Or they're trying their best to interact with him and failing on a regular basis. And clearly they're, they're doing, you know, they're doing what's good to like help the world. Cause they're, they're, they're heroes and that's important too. But then they're also like forgetting that, you know, they have this, this little boy that they need to take care of too. And it it's like this, stuck between a rock and a hard place type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the one thing I, I, I like about this episode is they talk about Steven getting frustrated and like Steven feels bad that he got frustrated, but like the show goes through a number of points of like reassuring Steven, like it was okay to be frustrated in this situation. It was yeah. a frustrating situation, which I think is an interesting point that kind of keeps getting brought up. Yeah. I, I do. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So I, I like that he's not shamed for his anger. Right. Yeah. Like even even fake Greg is like, hey, listen, everybody needs some alone time every now and then. That's fair to want. Yeah. Like you can want one thing and then want a different thing. And that's a legit, you know, legitimate feelings to have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do like that Stephen isn't like made to be the bad guy for getting mad at the gyms because because even though, you know, it, adults like they're going to mess up and it's okay if you're angry at them you know um and i i like that he's not shamed for it's steven's feelings aren't invalidated for you know that was 
they messed up something that was important to Steven. He wanted to see that ending. Yeah, he worked hard yeah. for that. And he ate a lot of corn. <laughs> he ate so much corn. I, wonder, I do wonder if he had to stay up all night playing that game because of all the corn. Well, he did say that his bathroom, like, he's like, I went to the bathroom so many times. Um, so, like, I mean, that was something. It, and I think that, like, it's very important to, to, to point out that, like, there are things that are important to you that might not be important to other people. It doesn't invalidate that, that you know, this it doesn't invalidate that thing just because it's not important to other people. Right. I think on the flip side, it's interesting that they also don't paint the like no one's really the bad guy here. It's just a miscommunication exactly. and people not understanding each other well enough because like the gyms, they apologize because obviously they should. They're the adults in this situation that, you know, they, they should have a little bit, you know, they should have more control or be a little bit more aware. Um, but like, they're just doing their best. <laughs> like the gyms are always just doing their best. They're not like their best is sometimes not the greatest, but you know, they're trying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it doesn't oh, help that they're really disconnected from humanity in general. So let alone, you know, Steven is, not only human, but he's a young human and they are already really bad at regular humans. So, you know, well, it's, it's weird because when they show up initially, like this is like a really, like the initial bit of this is like a really easily transferable situation, like for its target audience, because like, yeah, you know, the gyms, they're like, we know we promised to do this thing for you, but we got to go do this important thing, which is the same thing as the parent being like, I know I told you we were going to hang out today, buddy, but I got to go into work because, you know, we have bills yeah. to pay. I got to make money. You know, my boss called me. I have to go, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that I, I thought that was a th that was nice. Um, so we move into Rose's room. Uh, my first note about Rose's room uh, is I would die for this whale. <laughs> Mine was, oh, my God, tiny floating whale. <laughs> My, mine was, Stephen has such a pure imagination, I want that fucking whale. <laughs> I'm glad that we're all on the same page about this whale. We yes. love this whale. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, do you guys think that that, do you think the ending to that game is the actual ending of the game, or what the room thinks that Stephen wanted the game to be? Oh, I, I didn't even think about that. I thought about that. I think that it is what Steven thought that ending was because the room only seems to be able to pull from like... What Steven knows. Yes. So I think that's what Steven thought the ending would be like. Yeah, I can. I didn't even think about that. So I definitely can see that being what... Yeah, that that's what... Stephen wanted it to be and what he would imagine it to be. So that's what the, the room gave him. Mm -hmm. uh, August had a very good note uh, at this point in the show. <laughs> Wait, I did? Yeah, I give you a donut. No, that's... Oh, I was talking about... Uh, I was talking about the, the point later where oh. uh, Greg gives him the donut, but yeah. Oh, I thought is... it was here where it was I give you a donut. No, it's... it's uh, when Greg gives him the donuts. <laughs> uh, okay, my bad. Um, the initial introduction of the town, like, so the, uh, I wrote, 
in big like big capital letters and an exclamation point art but like the introducing the town as this like really stark contrast on a sky filled with way too many stars that are the wrong color yeah ugh, goddamn such like immediately like hey you know our very cute art style hey what if we made it real scary yeah yeah it was very off-putting the color palette the color palette is fucking on point it's moody and like it's still readable as Beach City, but the the colors are also just all wrong. It's delightful, right? But they're not wrong enough that it's immediately apparent that they're wrong. You're just at this point in the show, you're used to seeing them, so it just seems off, and it's something in your back of your head being like something's wrong here. So mm-hmm. looking yeah. at the background, uh, I didn't actually write this note down. I just realized it kind of halfway through the episode. All of the star colors are like white blue yellow and pink uh and they're all diamonds huh (laughs) and they're all like a lot of them are in like the diamond authority logo shape so that's real fun interesting i imagine it's because the the room itself is some kind of weird diamond technology or weird gym technology yeah uh but yeah so that was just my little bit of foreshadowing uh there um. Yeah, just the whole thing. Like they do a good job of making it. So, uh, Katie, uh, at this point, we have we have recorded. This will be what episode seven, I believe. Yes. How many episodes do we have? Episode seven sounds right. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not going to <clears throat> our podcast. Yeah, it's seven. I knew that. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, we have not gone a single fucking episode without at least one episode being horrifying in the episodes that we're watching every episode every three episodes there's some kind of horror show bullshit going on (laughs) it's always a different kind of horror show bullshit too like they're really they're very deft at like making you feel uh uncomfortable while watching this children's cartoon I wonder if it's like the Coraline effect, though, where it makes the adults intensely uncomfortable, but the kids just fucking love it. Yeah, the kids are just like, oh, this is just a regular children's show. Huh. I don't know. That's a good point. Uh, Maybe that maybe I I didn't think about that. I must consult with the only tween that I know. (laughs) Um... My next note after the sky is scary as shit is fuck Frybo. <laughs> one of the notes I made is one of my favorite tropes is like when you get in worlds like this is like a world where everything you ask for you receive is always a recipe for failure. That's one of my favorite tropes mm-hmm. in shows like this is like like I think of like movies like uh, Pleasantville, things like that, you yeah. know. I, I love that sort of trope. So, like, seeing that happen in, like, this kid show was, like, my eyes were wide. And I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Because, like, a world where everyone is agreeable is so creepy to me. And everyone was just, like, agreeable and had this smile on their face. And, like, Steven was so clearly freaking out. Yep. And I thought it was done so well that, like, it was – Steven was slowly, like, breaking down and, and realizing that, like, things were not right. Like – he, I think, like, he wanted, in a way, he wanted a world where everyone agreed with him and, like, was on his side and was there for him. But then he was realizing, oh, no, I don't actually want that, you know? Right. Like, 
obviously the room is like acting on some weird thing inside of his subconscious because that's kind of what this yeah. room does. Um, and it's it's interesting to see it like latch on to like, oh, I mean, it's frankly, it's really fucking sad that the room latches on to like, oh, Stephen just wants everyone to be nice to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but, this is this is where um, I had the note about uh, room onion because uh, I'm not convinced that that isn't the real onion. That's probably real onion. Yeah, onion can, can transcend all of time and space, so it's probably onion. Um. So, although, like, going back to the concept of like. Is the room just showing, you know, just pulling stuff from Stephen's brain? It's kind of telling that this is just how Stephen assumes that Onion would act. Right. Or that, like, the room could not pull anything from Stephen's brain because Onion is an enigma. It's true. Well, maybe Onion can exist in multiple places at once. Like, uh, like you, it's, it's like, um... You know, like the you you see like you you create the image of onion and it becomes onion, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then my next note is, I give you some fry bits. <laughs> I give you some fry bits. <laughs> so, what on a scale of one to five cules, what what level of fucked up? is this uh, particular episode. This this is five cules. This is five cules. I don't think this is five cules. This I think it's like cules. three. It's three no. cules? I don't three, know. If, how? I don't, think, I don't think the manifestation of Onion would show up for anything less than four cules. Okay, I just, I don't feel like this is, this is five cules because like five cules is supposed to be so far removed from reality that it's not even necessarily parsable but this is still definitely something that steven can understand pretty clearly so yeah that's fair i guess um and if you don't know what a cule is look up cule theory you will not be disappointed (laughs) favorite meme it's so good um let's see uh i like the the like t- build, tension build then relief of like mm-hmm. him going up to the him going up to the um the car wash because it would be easy for a show to like build to a crescendo then break then like Stephen goes home everything's okay you know uh and then they do they they regularly do this where they subvert the idea of like the character getting a clean lesson of the week style resolution mm-hmm. uh because this isn't the first like this is what the third time they've done that sort of thing at least yeah uh and i find it interesting that they they continue to do that and uh i feel like it's a way of just like now i believe it's intentional to like be like hey no one's gonna tell like you have to figure out what's going on like if you're going to f- navigate the world you've got to figure out the world on your own like people can give you advice and everything, but like you don't necessarily like sometimes that advice isn't good or isn't coming from a genuine place. And you've got to you've got to start sussing things out on your own. Yeah. Uh, which I've- I do feel like I was a little let down with how Steven figured everything out. 
I feel like it was a like a big climax and just sort of woof, like a, just like a nothing that happened there. Like the well just asked, "What do you want?" And then I don't know. I don't know how to really put it into words. I feel like it just sort of figured itself out on its own. Well, if that makes sense. What's a really in- as the person with the future knowledge, what's really interesting is the whale is voiced by uh, the the voice actor who will voice Rose Quartz. I thought See, so. See, that's what I was... Yeah. I, that's what I was wondering if that was who voiced uh, Rose. Yeah, and we come back to the room a couple of times, and it seems like the room has some level of sentience or knows about Rose because, like, Stephen is Rose or something like that, so that may have been... Uh-huh. Yeah. That may have been I had been a question. That. Yeah, go on. I had a question about that because I'm... I'm kind of wondering if the reason why Greg was so fleshed out was because of Rose and because of like how Rose loved him or was close to him. Right. The room can because, build off of both like Rose and Stephen's experiences with Greg. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe because like the room well, has reacted a couple of times to Stephen and his relationship to Rose, or will react uh, to to Stephen, his relationship to Rose and everything. And it's, uh, I, because how I kind of saw the whale is like, either Stephen's subconscious or like the, you know, whatever is left of Rose inside of Stephen's gem being like, all right, time for to protect the boy. <laughs> the boy he <laughs> yeah. needs protecting. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. I like that the gyms, I mean, we've kind of already gone over this, but like when the gyms are apologizing to Steven, I think that's really good of them kind of owning up to being like, hey, we kind of fucked up. We're sorry. Yeah, for sure. Hey, how, yeah. Does, how does time work inside that room? Because to me, it doesn't <laughs> seem like a lot of time passed on the outside. Yep. So I don't yep. think time moves in a linear pattern inside that room. Nope. No. <laughs> Maybe it was um, because of the presence of Onion, I don't know. Also, once again, Amethyst jumps at a chance to inflict damage upon Pearl. It's true. Bite Pearl. <laughs> Bite her. Bite her hard. Uh, <laughs> I lo- Garnet is so good. <laughs> Steven just like immediately bites I'm- Garnet and she's like, ow. <laughs> hey. I love Garnet. I have all, so I really love Estelle. Mm-hmm. I, I, grew up listening to Estelle's music and I <laughs> strangely have never heard Estelle talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I always knew that Estelle voiced Garnet. <laughs> and so just hearing Estelle's voice was like, just put in this place of like chill relaxation. Just her voice was so calming to me. <laughs> but then literally when the back of my head would just be humming American boy the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, Garnet is just very good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Garnet. The pants do look good on Garnet. They really do. And it's just so yeah. nice that she was willing to do that. Right. Um, cool. Do we have any other uh, questions or comments about uh, this episode? I also love the, the fact that Steven just like fails not okay not fails to get the point but like <laughs> intentionally avoids stating out loud what 
the message of the show should be. Right. Because, like, the point of that isn't that Steven always gets what he wants. Absolutely not. Right. But, you know, (laughs) that's what he shouts at the end, where usually the episode lesson would be summarized. Right, exactly. And it's, in fact, the opposite of that. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Steven got everything he wanted, and it was terrible. It was a horrifying nightmare. So terrible. Yep. Like, getting what you want was not good. It was creepy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Moving on to our next episode, episode 20, Coach Steven. Uh, I'm getting bad today at the thing. Uh, Clicking the Wikipedia. All right. The official synopsis. After seeing Garnet Amethyst fuse into the powerful Sugalite, Steven is determined to become super strong. It's in the ballpark. Yeah, it's okay. Five out of ten. Yeah, maybe they were like doing laundry or something and had it on in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I this is the episode that I had the least amount of notes for, so I can I can sort of see that. Um, the episode begins with Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl, and Steven, uh, warping to the formal crystal, former black crystal gem communications hub. Uh, Pearl explains that it's releasing bursts of electromagnetic interference, and it needs to be destroyed, um, inciting a confused response from Steven. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm sorry, I kind of read the official plot synopsis that's on the, the Wikipedia instead of writing one, because I'm a monster. Um, Garnet tells Steven, uh, that, uh, the tower is hurting, um, television, which incites Steven to attack the tower. Uh, Amethyst kind of transforms into a, uh, kind of like a super rip buffed version of Steven, uh, telling him that he needs to be this strong to, to take down the tower and punches it, though it does a little damage to the tower. Uh, Pearl is like, Amethyst, we can't do that. And she's very smug about it. And it's good. Um, and Amethyst uh, sighs and agrees, and Pearl says that they need a plan, but Garnet decides that they just need power to do it, and asks Amethyst to fuse with her. Oh, there was like a weird ad down in the corner of this Wikipedia, or this, this like, um, wiki about cats 2019, and it threw my whole train of thought off. It's like a video ad. Movie, yeah. It was a video ad uh, for some kind of streaming service, and then there was uh, Rebel Wilson as a cat, and it just destroyed me. Oh God, no! (laughs) Wasn't an ad for the butthole cut, (laughs) which which is the only version you should watch. Um, (laughs) Garnet asks Amethyst to fuse with her. Amethyst is very excited. Pearl is against this idea, stating that their personalities become somewhat uh, unstable when they're together. Um, Amethyst or Garnet is like, listen, we just need to be big and fuck this thing up. Uh, so they begin their fusion dance. Uh, Pearl is sort of embarrassed, but I think partially sort of just like jelly uh, about the whole thing. Uh, but they fuse into Sugalite, who is a giant forearmed. Uh, honestly, looks what a giant version of Amethyst and Garnet fused together would look like in your head. Voiced by Nikki fucking Minaj. Um, Wait, what? That was Nicki Minaj? It sure is. I didn't... E- oh, my God. Fun fact, Sugalite never comes back for a reason. Uh, because they got Nicki Minaj as the voice actor, and then they could never afford her again. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So uh, Sugalite uh, begins destroying the tower, much to Steven's excitement, but she's way too rowdy. Steven gets hit with a rock. Pearl's like, fuck this shit, we're out. Uh, but as they warp out, the warp pad is destroyed. Steven shows up to the big donut, I assume the next day, with a bandage over his head. Look, looking, uh, he is looking cool as ever. Uh, he shows off his battle scar to Sars, to Sars, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to Lars and Sadie, uh, who they kind of laugh at him because he, he was putting on about how, how bad the scar was. He's like, I do need to toughen up. So they all decide to work out. Uh, Greg builds Steven a gym because he's got nothing better to do, I guess. Uh, it's probably true. Um, and they all begin working out. Pearl is kind of put off by this, asking Steven, like, you know, we, we can be strong in, like, a real way, and or uh, we can be strong in different ways, and Steven's like, I want to be strong in the real way, which kind of hurts Pearl's feelings. She gets a little pouty about it. Uh, she goes inside, begins singing a song about it, because this is Steven Universe, and that's what happens. Um, uh, the song transitions into Steven uh, being a cheerleader for everybody working out. Everyone has a really good workout uh but at the end lars is like hey are you gonna work out and steven's like oh no i forgot to work out uh, and then he puts four tires on himself and starts running around because that's a workout i guess four wheel yeah. drive <laughs> i mean i've seen crossfit that's what you do basically in crossfit i imagine um why was ben affleck flipping that tire if that's not what he was gonna do with it uh yeah. exactly uh, the next day lars and sadie and greg all show up to begin working out but steven is far too sore to uh get outside pearl is worried because she tried to find amethyst and garnet who are not back yet and she could not warp there all of a sudden bump up a bum a wild sugalite appears uh she's very mad because she got left behind and she's been so uh amethyst and garnet have been sugalite for too long uh sugalite's getting real rowdy uh, Pearl begins fighting Sugalite. Uh, Sugalite almost hurts Steven and Greg. Uh, Pearl is getting her ass handed to her by this giant fusion when Steven finally grabs the megaphone, gives Pearl a pep talk, giving Pearl the confidence to uh, fight smarter, not harder against Sugalite, luring her into a trap where Sugalite basically hits herself with her own giant club, uh, defusing her back into Garnet and Amethyst, who are very sore from the 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 um, ordeal. Uh, everybody is very confused about what's happened. Pearl is very pumped, and uh, it's a uh, everybody survives uh, quadruple star wipe. The end. I so at the the tower thing, knowing all the future knowledge I know, I feel like that this is foreshadowing something coming like some bigger threat is coming i feel like this is in conjunction with like other things that we've seen throughout the series so far of like weird temples activating uh or like the red eye showing up uh in the second episode like this is uh more adding to the like homeworld is approaching something is happening sort of thing mm-hmm uh, I didn't get that the first time I watched this episode. I probably was like, holy shit, Nicki Minaj is here, and then forgot all about the tower bit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a mood. Yeah, so. I was really into the to to the gym combining and the dancing and, and Pearl covering Steven's eyes. It's just so funny to me. I don't know why. I just thought it was so funny. But I was just really into the, the cool grooving for the gym to combine. I, I loved the that part. To, to come back to this, because, like, I have this note later. I'm going to go off about it. 
but fuck the music slaps in this series. It's, it's so, so fucking good. good. It was so good. Uh, um, I'm gonna get to it in a second, but the yeah, I wanted to ask our Amethyst. Yeah. Oh, go on, sorry. No, go for it. No, what were you gonna say? Um, I just thought it was really interesting the way that Amethyst reacted to like the prospect of fusing with Garnet versus the prospect of fusing with Pearl, and like very telling of just how she holds Garnet in esteem uh, versus the way that she's always so standoffish with Pearl right. in general. That's fair. Um, I wanted to ask you what you, why you think like Steven wants to be all big and strong when like Amethyst turns into like big Steven. Seemed, it seems interesting. Like we've never seen before, like Steven being like, I could be so big and strong. <laughs> Even when he was, like, a wrestler, you know what I mean? Even when he was a professional beach hunk. Yeah, he was never um, big and strong. I don't know. That wasn't anything that particularly stood out to me when I was watching it, mm -hmm. just because, like, I guess in thinking about it now, I almost wonder if it isn't just because Amethyst did it. Right. He finds Amethyst's like, antics interesting, and, like, he's just kind yeah, of going and, along with the rib. Well, and... She's also, like, a big sister-type figure to him, so mm. just, like, her being like, oh, you gotta be buff, and then he's like, oh, maybe I do gotta be buff. It's true. Um, I, uh, want, I stan Smug Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Pearl in this episode, which, I mean, I'm going off of, this is the only three episodes I've ever watched of this show. <laughs> um, and Pearl wasn't even in the third one. So I really, I really liked Pearl in this episode. I've heard just from like fandom osmosis, like mixed things about Pearl. Um, but I really enjoyed like Pearl's whole like little mini arc in this episode, like her singing and her feelings being hurt and, wanting the best for Steven and stuff. And I really enjoyed like her uh, sort of um, trying to like protect him from this bad influence type of thing. You know, I, I really enjoyed that part of her. True. Pearl continues to be the most mom of his moms. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the thing th that is an interesting point. Uh, I'm going to go on a small tangent about fandoms. Uh, I've been holding it in uh, all day. Um, but, uh, like, the people being upset about the way Pearl acts is that Pearl is, like, a very, like, a very hot mess of a character. She makes a lot of fucking mistakes. Uh, mm -hmm. She has a lot of, like, issues bubbling under the surface that we get to see a very small amount of in this particular episode. And... I like the fandom really doesn't like her because she is not a she's not like a cool character in the same way like Garnet is or Amethyst is by comparison to the other two crystal gems like Pearl is kind of annoying and overbearing and a bit of shithead on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. But I I personally like Pearl is like probably my favorite crystal gem because she has the like the most growth, the biggest arc, the most like the the. She has the, the biggest hole to climb out of when it comes to stuff. And yeah. uh, it's it. I, I like watching this and it's a slow burn. She doesn't get to like 
she doesn't get to like a good healthy place until like Steven Universe Future, which is technically the sixth season of this show. <laughs> so like it takes a while for Pearl to get there. Uh, but I like slow burns. What can I say? Hmm. Uh, so fight me, the internet, I guess. Um, I think that's really realistic too. Like yeah. growing and, and showing change and growth and things like that. Like that's a very realistic character arc. Yeah. I mean, at, that's the th- the thing I we I have liked, especially going back and seeing it um, built into this first season where things are, are are kind of just gestating, like seeing them already playing the seeds of like we're gonna tell stories about characters who are fucking up on a regular basis and trying to deal with like fucking up and all their issues and trying to do the best they can while still having a whole lot of things going on on their own sort of internality. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And like, it's nice to get to see such a messy bitch. Like, but (laughs) the messiest bitch, (laughs) but she's not like, she's not painted as being a bad person because she fucks up. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I empathize with Pearl a lot because I'm also a neurotic person with self-esteem issues who can be very pedantic a lot of the time and also could not take Sugalite in a fight at first blush. So, you know, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on there. We're practically the same character. Listen, but... I could also not physically take Nicki Minaj <laughs> in a fight. <laughs> yeah. Who can? Come on. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Katie, you brought up a good point about, like, all the the dancing, and I find it hilarious that Pearl uh, covers Steven's eyes during the, like, Garnet-Amethyst fusion dance. Garnet, fu- at some point, does fuse with with Pearl. Uh, spoiler alert, the show has the thing that you expect it to happen. Uh, <laughs> but Garnet consistently has the fuckiest fusion dances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that. Like... Pearl basically straight up gives Garnet some like fuck me eyes during their dance where she's like oh. being like uh this like cute little ballet dancer thing on her half of it. And it's like, oh, okay, oh Pearl, oh, oh, Amethyst was bad, Pearl. Okay, I get it. <laughs> um I actually, to be perfectly honest, I liked the track that was under Garnet and Amethyst's fusion dance, but as things progress, I feel I feel like they had this animate they, they had this animation and then the composers had to make music to this animation mm-hmm. which i don't think is how things happen later in the series because things are it didn't feel quite as synced up as some of the fusion dances later on in the series are yeah um but sugalite's track fucking whips yes it's yeah so I, good i do want to jump back a little bit uh yeah. just because a the lighting during the fusion dance is phenomenal it looks so good um agreed but i actually okay so like knowing what i know about fusions in general like yeah pearl covering steven's eyes is you know it's kind of funny and all but like i wonder how that reflects on how she views fusion in general just because it's like it's it's my understanding that fusion isn't really necessarily a sexual thing. A lot of gems fuse that are not uh, in any sort of like romantic relationship, right. but like 
that implies that it's not something that she would necessarily have to cover Steven's eyes for. So, I mean, yeah, okay, Garnet has a very fucky fusion dance, and so we, the audience, can project that onto her, but also, like, looking at it diegetically, how does she feel about fusion in this moment that she thinks that it's not something Steven should be watching? Well, I think it's interesting because the people that we see, so we eventually kind of see Pearl fuse with everybody because that's how the progression of powers and anime work um but uh pearl i'm trying to figure out how to explain things without spoiling later things uh give me just one moment (laughs) like pearl i think sees it as a much more intimate act not necessarily like intimate in like a like a sexual sense but like much more of like this intimate act because um the first person she ever fuses with is rose Mm. um when they're like the her fusing with garnet is the beginning of an entire five episode arc about the ramifications of that relationship uh so it it, it gets interesting, <laughs> to say the least, uh, when it comes to Pearl's relationship to Fusion. Now, obviously, I think she has, like, it, it's kind of in different situations. She probably throws some of that to the side. Like, when they had to save Steven, they became, um, they became, um, Opal. Uh, obviously, that was more of, like, just an instinctual do the thing. Um, we're, we're gonna see Alexandrite, which is, like, Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl all fused together a little bit later in this season. Ooh. Yeah, uh, it's great. It is our first introduction to Alexandrite <laughs> is for just the best reason. Um, <laughs> so look forward to fusion cuisine. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so so I think that is Pearl has like a more like intimate understanding of fusion than probably Amethyst does. Also, from what it seems like, it's fun to fuse with Garnet. Um, because Garnet is a, like, an interesting personality to, to have in the mix, since it's, like, throwing you and Garnet's consciousness and Ruby and Sapphire's consciousness all into the mix, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Um, oh, I guess spoiler, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I feel like you've existed on the internet and it's the, like, this show came out in 2014. You know that Garnet's a fusion. Everybody knows that Garnet's a fusion. She's two lesbians in a trench coat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I, that's where I think, uh, that's where I think Pearl is coming from in that moment. Okay. Also, it's a funny joke. Yeah. I mean, I'm not (laughs) saying it isn't a funny joke, but like, I'm here to take funny jokes and make them unfunny by trying to analyze (laughs) them from a, a Watsonian perspective. That's fair. The unfunniest, we're the unfunniest podcast. We'll destroy your comedy. Hey, I did destroy <laughs> that joke that one time. It's true. Listen, we have we come at jokes like a fucking shark comes at a steak. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna tear them apart. We're gonna leave nothing in our wake. <laughs> nothing. Um, my next note after this is Nikki! <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> I still, even now, I still can't believe. When did Monster come out? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 
2000. Okay, so Monster drops one year after this. Damn. Okay, that would uh, make sense. That is why they can afford Nicki Minaj right now. Yeah, because Monster yeah. shot her up. Just, yeah, blew her all the way up. Because, like, this is 2014. They probably recorded in 2013 or earlier, for 2014. Um, this was, this was like, bedrock Nikki. Yeah. I think this is, like, when did Super Bass come out? Is this even before Super Bass? Fun fact... Uh, Super Bass was 2010. Okay, okay. So this is she's still like kind of a pop artist, but she hasn't hit like full fucking, yeah. uh, full fucking stride fun, yet. Fun fact: Kanye almost didn't put her verse into that song because he was pretty sure that she was going to put everybody else to shame, and, and he was did, fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, he was a hundred percent right. Now I I still feel like I feel we're gonna get into. Uh, Do you ever listen to like that? Um, that Table Friends spinoff podcast where they were ranking Kanye West songs and then Kanye West, like, imploded and they had uh, to stop. I One song listened, only. I listened to the first couple of episodes, but then uh, yeah. dropped it and was going to come back and pick it up later. And then Kanye West exploded or imploded. Yeah, they just stopped doing that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, they have... Uh, I feel like the, the second half of Jay-Z's, like, once he gets past listing types of monsters, that verse gets really fucking good. It's, um, agreed. Yeah, agreed. But it's, still, it's not wall to wall fire like Nicki Minaj's verses. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. But but I get where you're coming mm. from. Um, did y'all ever? This is sort of on topic. Did y'all ever listen to Lil Wayne's rock album? Yes, it's terrible. Yo, yeah, I'm not saying it's good, but I just remember. I remember because I, I graduated in, in uh, 2010, and I just remember listening to Knockout because it had Nicki Minaj on it. She was featured on it. And I just remember listening to that song over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it was purely because of, of Nicki Minaj. And now it's just like this time capsule in my brain that <laughs> Lil Wayne released a fucking rock album. Um, uh, let's see. My next notes after Nicki Minaj shows up basically are uh, Lars and Sadie are savage. <laughs> they destroy <laughs> yes, a child. They are. <laughs> They destroyed a child. They just fucking <laughs> bodied him right there in the middle of the big donut. Yeah. Uh, he just wanted to be cool for like five seconds out of his life. And they did not give him, they didn't give him three seconds. No, Steven can't be cool. It's, it, it, he's physically incapable of doing it. <laughs> um... Also, uh, this is a question I'm going to ask later because I wrote this question down twice and didn't realize it. How old are Sadie and Lars? Actually, let's get to this. We'll get to that question in the next episode. That's a much more relevant question next episode. Yeah, I actually sort of had that. Like, what are cause I guess it's because I'm new. And I don't know anything about it. like what are what are Sadie and Lars? Like, are they are, I, they're not a thing, clearly, but Sadie wants them to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that will continue to be just a thing for a while. The, oh, one of the okay. things I've, I've loved about Steven Universe um, is the the level of depth that they give all of the background characters. Like, there was an episode way earlier uh, where Fry, uh, Frybo from the previous episode uh, was possessed by a gym uh, shard and went crazy and became a kaiju monster. Uh, it was awful. Um, he bled ketchup and mustard. It was the worst thing in the world. Oh my God. Um, 
And in that episode, we see a whole bunch of people being attacked by Frybo. And so far, we've gotten spotlight episodes for almost all of them so far. <laughs> so it's a good it's a good time uh, if you're an NPC in the Steven Universe world. Um, let's see. Uh, oh. The gym is pretty fun. How old is Steven? Steven is currently 12, I believe. He's either wow, 11 okay. or 12 right now. So I, I would imagine that Lars and Sadie are like older teenagers. Yeah, they've they've got it. They're definitely not in their 20s because they both live with their parents. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they're like 16, 17, 18, what in I, that in that ballpark. I feel like they're probably like, uh, I would say 18 just because like the way that. In the next episode, Sadie talks about how it was a summer job, but that was two summers ago, and now she just works there. Mm. Indicates to oh, me that, right. like, they're probably, like, right out of high school, but they're not going to school yet. Oh, that's yeah, a good point, yeah, because she would have gotten that job when she was probably about 16. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking 16, summer job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, in response to uh, Greg being like, you want to watch some hot studs work out, and Pearl being like, no, lesbian icon. Yeah. <laughs> I know! Um, that was how, so, She was just, just completely walked away. How does Greg have those tan lines when he only ever wears the same thing? I know it's part of his character design and stuff, but also, Greg... What are you doing? I kept thinking that too. That was so. That's the weirdest character design, and I love uh, it. <laughs> I have. I have no answer. <laughs> um. Uh. My next note is: Oh no, Stephen, you hurt Pearl's feelings. It's true. Uh, I think my my next note is: Ooh, singing because I really that song slapped. I loved it's so it. So good. That was my next. I loved that song. I love the I love the juxtaposition of Pearl talking about like being strong while doing like this like practiced uh, almost automatic way of going through and cleaning up the house the way like she folds the shirt and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the the juxtaposition there is very good. Um. Steven is a good motivator. I love how it transitions to from Pearl to Steven. It becomes like this 80s rock ballad. Like, mm, uh, yeah. Music in this Steven show slaps. Is, yeah. Steven is a really good motivator, too. I, I really it did give me chuckles that Lars is like, well, what are you? Are you going to work out? But like, I really appreciated how it showed that Steven's Steven's real strength was in. And I guess that is the point of the whole episode is showing that Steven's real strength is in, you know, motivating people. But I um I'd like that it that it that was such the big, you know, point of the song that like he was getting all these people to 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 work out and like he was so good at that. And I, I love that it was focused on that in that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um all oh, of on, these sorry. all of these out of shape nerds are a fucking mood because I have been trying <laughs> to like do exercise while in quarantine and oh god i want to die every time <laughs> um, um during the song august and i guess and also katie sorry i'm just used to talking to august it's <laughs> um fine, it's fine. uh during the song what do you like 
I'm a little confused about what Steven's motivations are here because um, it seems like Steven is at odds with Pearl, but by the end of the episode, I don't know if he's realizing it because he's seeing what Sugalite is. He's come to the realization about Pearl or if this is how he felt every time and he was inspired by Pearl to inspire everybody else. I don't, I don't quite, I, I was just going, I wanted to get other opinions on that. I think, See that, I, sorry, go, go no, ahead, you sorry. go ahead. You're the guest. <laughs> I I I get where you're coming from, Brian, because like I it clearly I feel like if he was at odds with Pearl, then he would be working out himself because that would be the whole point of, you know, him wanting to be strong like Sugalite. But I can also see where like he would be the way that it played out, at least to me, is that he was taking Pearl's advice to heart and being strong in another way, which was him motivating the people who are working out. So I, I also am, am sort of where you are. I don't, I don't know what the motivation really was. I don't know. I, Stephen has historically not been particularly self-aware. So, <laughs> and, and I mean, not in a mean way or anything, just uh, mm. like he has a very good understanding of how other people feel around him for the most part but he doesn't always have a good understanding of what he's doing or why he's doing it. And so I think he may not even really know what's going on here, but the fact that he does act like, oh shit, I was, I meant to work out too. And then goes and runs laps with four tires around his body. Like, I think he, at the very least in that moment thinks that he's trying to do it to be a big buff Cheeto puff. Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a little, it's not as, it could be a little clear for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I totally agree. Um, the Sugalite fights good. Uh, those pearl feels just, just like immediately just like let's break yeah. pearl down as quickly as we possibly can y'all let's give everyone a hint mm, the depth of this I had, of sadness that i had pearl. the note that sugalai is genu genuinely like frightened me she was very scary like she she seemed she was a formidable opponent in my opinion yeah. I, I think it was a good oh go on sorry no you go ahead yeah i think it was just a good it, it, it sort of reinforced the idea of, like, Pearl's just trying to, like, head-on fight Sugalite, when that's not really what she does all that good. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, she's a, she's a dex character, not a strength character. Um, but I want to know how much of the aggro-ness that Sugalite has towards Pearl is Amethyst. And if any of that is coming from Garnet. Oh, that's a good, good thought. Because, like, I'm always harping on, like, the interaction between Amethyst and Pearl because it's something that I find deeply inter interesting. Uh, their relationship is very messy in ways that you don't usually see in kids' media. So, um... Yeah, I noticed that in Rose's. I noticed that in Rose's room, like when uh, Amethyst was uh, on the wailing 
the wailing bell or whatever it was, mm-hmm. like Pearl telling, really like harping on Amethyst to leave it alone and things like that. I noticed they had a very antagonistic relationship. And I didn't know if that's something that is through the whole series or not. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, very much so. Um, it is. Uh, it has been uh, a very consistent thing and will be a consistent thing through most of this season. Um, I think it's interesting because now that I'm think now that you've said that, I'm thinking about other fusions that I've seen with Garnet, like just Garnet and somebody else, right? Um, and it seems like Garnet amplifies the personality of the person that she is fused with. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, like, Sugalite is very just like, like the, that kind of like aggro, impulsive characteristics of Amethyst just dialed up to a trillion. Um, the fusion between her and Pearl is like a, like this very haughty, um, a little like more than more smug than like Pearl when she's really feeling herself levels of smug like kind of vibe and then like uh, when she fuses with with Steven near the very end of the series uh, it's like John Cena (laughs) oh my god yeah Um, so uh, it it, so it seems like like Garnet seemingly acts as like an amplifier Mm -hmm. for the person that she's fused with so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional. It just kind of seems to be what happens. Um, so yeah. Uh, any other, any other comments about this particular episode? I just still can't believe that was Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Cause I had no idea. Yeah. It, it becomes a running joke amongst <laughs> the fandom and also the show. Anytime they talk about Sugalite. Uh, <laughs> at one point, there's an episode later uh, where they're on this like sort of pseudo game show thing, and um, the the fusion between Garnet and Pearl uh, is like hosting said game show, and they're they're talking about other fusions, and they play like a sound clip from this episode, and like the the characters like, do we have to pay royalties for that? No, yeah. we're good. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm, I assume they got connections with her through Estelle. Uh. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. So that, cause like, the fusions have a tendency to be voiced by, like, stunt, like, not stunt casting, but like, bigger names. Cause like, the previous fusion we saw, Opal, was voiced by Amy Mann. Ooh. Um, fucking Ted Leo eventually shows up as a fusion voice. Um. Oh, man. The redheaded lady from The Orange is the New Black. Uh, she shows up as a fusion voice at one point. So. A surprising num- number of the members of the cast of Orange is the New Black show up on this show. Uh- <laughs> so, so yeah. Steven Universe is to Orange is the New Black as Gargoyles is to Star Trek The Next Generation. It's not quite that me. expansive. <laughs> it's not quite that expansive. Um because I'm pretty sure the entire cast of Star Trek The Next Generation was on Damn goddamn Gargoyles. Near. Okay. Alrighty. Let's, uh, if we don't have anything else, let's go ahead and get moved on to our next episode. Episode 21, Joking Victim. The official synopsis. When Lard pawns off his work on Sadie, Stephen helps out by working a shift at the Big Donut. You know what? These have all not been bad. I I feel like we're not. They they haven't been bad enough that we could dunk on them this episode. Yeah. 
They've been pretty succinct. Yeah. To the point. Uh, episode starts with Steven sitting on a bench uh, when Amethyst approaches him, uh, very suspiciously asking him if she wants to. he wants to try some of her fries. He very enthusiastically does and eats some, only to discover that they've been laced with fire salt. Uh, despite uh, our desperate for something to drink, uh, Stephen rushes to the Big Donut, where he causes a huge mess as he sticks his head under the, photo, the soda fountain. Lars comes out admonishing uh, Stephen about the big mess they've made, where he slips and falls. Um, uh, he complains about his back to Sadie, uh, really kind of hamming it up so he can go home early. Uh, but Sadie realizes, like, oh, no, I can't do this all by myself. Uh, when Stephen comes in with a load of napkins, throws it on the mess, is like, hey, I can stay here and help. Sadie deputizes Stephen as the new Lars, takes him back to the employee break room, and makes him watch a training video where Mr. Smiley, uh, in his former career of a singer and actor, uh, sings the, the big donut training video thing in very much like the style of like the early 90s, 80s. Uh, training videos like you would see specifically at Wendy's. Uh, I feel like Wendy's is the thing that they're playing on here the most. Um, the day goes pretty good. Sadie sort of explains a bit of her backstory about how she's been at the Big Donut for two summers with Lars. Uh, the day goes really well with Stephen helping her. And J Sadie, JD, why can't I say anyone's name right at all? Uh, Sadie. Uh, says, jokes about firing Lars and hiring Steven. Steven's like, hey, we should fucking do that. And Sadie's so like, listen, no, don't, no. I like, Lars is good. Lars is fine. Um, they go over to Lars's house to bring him some donuts to make him feel better, where they discover that Lars is on the trampoline with the cool kids. Um, and uh, Sadie is very hurt by this. She feels very betrayed. Uh, she explains uh to steven that like she wishes lars has burned her so many times she wishes he could burn him back steven enthusiastically replies i know how to burn people uh <laughs> and uh, which wasn't creepy at no, all in that moment to me no, no. not at all no. um he runs off and meets sadie the next day at work where he produces the fire salt um sadie's like listen he hurt me bad but i don't want to prank him and make him like hurt him then lars wanders in being a total fucking shithead as his want to do and sadie's like you know what fuck him <laughs> pours all of the fire salt on the donut she uh feeds the donut to to lars um where he immediately starts breathing fire he runs out sadie panics telling steven this isn't what she wanted uh they chase lars through town um Lars figures out that Steven was the one who kind of brought it up. He goes to attack Steven when Sadie stops him. Uh, she tells him that basically like, hey, I know you're I've seen you be a good person. Why are you being such a shithead all the fucking time? Or why are you like so bad to me? Basically, um, Steven, remembering his training, uh, gives uh, Lars the Heimlich, expelling the fire donut from his throat uh, where Lars kind of sheepishly apologizes to Sadie, uh, Starwipe the end. So, uh... I think my first note applies to basically everything in this fucking episode for the most part, mm -hmm. and it is, don't do that shit to your loved ones, with, like, four exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Actually, I said, yo, she said to try not eat like a hundred, bro. <laughs> so I guess we had different takeaways. Um, Mine was 
and I can't remember what I was referring to. It's just the accident, and then all, and then like a thousand exclamation points. <laughs> was I referring to Lars faking his back accident? His back. No, you're referring pain? to the, the back- incident where, um, where there's like an outline of a person charred into the wall. Maybe, maybe that that's what. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. That's it's got to be because right after that is the video. I said this video training portion is so relatable. That yeah, that's got. That's what I've got to be referring to. Um, man, they just go the because like Lars is consistently a shithead, but they go the extra mile to make Lars like extra shithead this episode. As someone who has chronic back pain, I was personally offended. <laughs> It was just like, how dare you <laughs> fake that? Um, My next note was, Sadie deserves better with an angry, frowny face. Sadie deserves have, better. She really, really does. Sadie is so precious, and I fell in love with her in this episode. She deserves the world. Watching yes. These two characters also get a very complex character arc from over the rest of the series, which is fun to watch. Um... So sweet. Uh, the, I want, so my question is, uh, what's the over under of the incident being some kind of horrible gym accident? (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing is, like, I feel like this is the kind of thing where it's more interesting to me if it's not a horrible gym accident. Yeah, if it was just a completely mundane, normal thing that happened. True, like uh, everybody, people get injured all the time over at Funland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just never going to talk about that again either, huh? Yep, never going to talk about it. Uh, do, do you want to, are you, how, like on a scale of one to ten, how much is the urge to sing the Big Donut song right now? I hate this? you, I hate you so much! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> At the big donut. Uh, no. it's, it's so catchy. I think it's really cute how Steven has seen so much magic bullshit and the back room to the big donut, which is his favorite quasi uh, supermarket esque place, is the most magical thing he's seen. Like, that is just so adorable. I, 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 I loved that, too. I loved how he was just so, when Sadie made him watch the video, like, she was, you know, nodding off and completely bored. But he loved every moment of it. It reminded me of, like, me working at Old Navy and Dollar General and watching training videos and just him eating it up and her hating every moment yeah, of it. Just, he just, he loved it. He does it. not have an ironic bone in his body. No. Like, he just... Lane enjoyed that. He's not like ironically thinking it's funny because, oh, ho, 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 look at how funny Mr. Smiley looks or anything like that. He's just like, man, this is great. I love this song and it's so informative. (laughs) And then then him insulting Mr. Smiley, not meaning to, but him insulting Mr. Smiley was so fucking precious. So good. (laughs) Has the, like that is like straight up like your kid says something to your boss vibes yeah like yeah uh, um you used to be a singer uh, slash r or actor slash r&b singer used to <laughs> so good Listen, mr smiley owns a lot of property in beach city he's doing not bad yeah he looked great <laughs> um 
Mr. Smiley owns Funland and the Funland Arcade. Uh, he's a he's a small businessman just trying his best. Um, the so, all right. So Sadie's explanation of like the 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 um, what is it the something of war? I can't remember. War. Of- Oh, yeah, the game that yeah. she waited for for Lars. I can't remember the name of it either. So they fucked, right? Like, <laughs> Okay, okay. So Anya said the same thing to me, and I am, I am, you know who I am as a person, and so yeah, yeah. you should understand when I say this. I don't think they did. I don't think it was about that. Like, yeah, it feels... Brian, you know who I am as a person, and I agree with August. Oh, no. I don't think they it, did. It feels like, because... Like, I've been in one of those situations where it's, like, I have been, like, head over heels for somebody, and, like, I spent a bunch of time with them, and nothing happened, but it just meant the world to me to be able to be next to them. It feels so wholesome and just pure, like, innocent. I don't think anything happened. I think that, I think Sadie was just head over heels and just, just wanted to hold Lars's hand, basically. Yeah, that, that's that's probably true, to be perfectly honest, because it, that informs some other stuff that happens later in this season. Uh, is that when the Tropical Beach Vacation episode happens? Island Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Oh, that's really close, August. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. We're go moving through I'm, this series so I'm quickly. 100, um, I'm usually 100% down to say, oh, they fucked. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they I don't think they did. That's fair. Um, the they do the Steven Universe has a great way of um, animating things to make it the most gut wrenching fucking thing that's ever happened you've ever seen committed to celluloid. Sadie's uh, like, ugly cry. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I yes. felt that in my soul. Me too. The like. Yeah. Um, Lars is the second most hated character for a long time in the fandom. Yeah. You should fire Lars. Stop liking Lars. You should Lars. fire Lars. Yeah. <laughs> fuck Lars. I, Don't I, fuck I, Lars. I eventually come to Don't. Lar- love Don't Lars. Even. But like, fuck that boy. Like, get him out of here. Get him out of your life. He's a piece of shit. He's, a, he's the worst influence when, in Steven's life. When Sadie saw Lars touch that other girl's shoulders, I was like, oh, <gasps> how <laughs> dare you <laughs> Sadie is the embodiment of that tumblr post that's about how you shouldn't push the the nice ones until they snap because they will fuck your shit up yeah i agree um i love when uh steven shows back up at work the next day and she's like depression eating oyster crackers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i saw that and because I noticed that because she had said it was her favorite snack. And I was like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> Just watching. Sweet angel. What's with the obsession with dog-based media in this show, August? I I mean, <laughs> dogs are good. Like, Anya and I are trying to adopt a dog. Dogs are good. I mean, dogs are good. I'm, I'm not. Listen, I'm also a noted fan of dogs. Don't. <laughs> I've been on the record saying dogs good. Um, <laughs> uh. I also love oh. the line. Oh, go on. Sorry. Real quick. While we're yeah. still talking about the oyster crackers, it's nice to see a that Sadie is a kind of like heavier girl, but like she's allowed to just fucking eat some oyster crackers and it's not a big deal. Hell yeah. yeah. 
Eat those fucking carbs. That's literally the best thing when you're sad is to eat those fucking yeah, carbs. Yeah, exactly. And carbs it's just were like, given to us by nature to make us feel better. <laughs> hell yeah. It's, it's just really nice to see, you know, she's allowed to eat on screen and she's allowed to eat because she's sad. Yeah, because that's just I agree. what I, you I, do when you're sad. I like that she is like a shorter, heavier girl. She's plumper. Mm-hmm. Uh... The so the line where she's like, uh, when she's talking about you can't just hurt people who have hurt you, like, what does that make you? And Steven's like, a hero, and I'm like, oh shit, that's so fucked. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Oh my god, <clears throat> that was that that when that cut, I was like, oh, yeah. okay, which is really interesting because they're going to. They're going to challenge Steven on that idea for the basically the next five seasons of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really that that's a nice little interesting moment. Um, I love that Amethyst is there. She lives for this drama that's happening. <laughs> she only vaguely knows who these two people are, but she is more than willing to like sit back and watch this Jerry Springer she, bullshit. Happen she on sees the a fight and she's just like, hell yeah, I'm here for <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Uh, what's happening to Donut Guy? <laughs> I love that she does not know his name, but she does know he works at the Big Donut. <laughs> I like the line. I can't remember what the, I think it was Sadie who was yelling at, like, you were hanging out with other girls and Steven was just like, and other boys. <laughs> That's the funniest thing he to me. He does not understand in the least what's going on here. Lars's nope. reaction, though, is just like, hmm, is Steven on to something? <laughs> yeah. It was very good. Lars and Sadie I, is bye for bye. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, Lars, ha, Lars really has like this, like, if you remember from Lars and the Cool Kids, he's very into Buck. Yeah. Buck is the coolest. So I don't know. In some ways, Lars Reads is like a really confused like shitty trans guy in a lot of ways mm. to me because like he's it is real interesting that you bring that up because like Lars's trans is like the head canon of a vast majority of the fandom I mean I can see why because like he's there there is a particular brand of like young trans man who tends to go over the top on like the toxic masculinity because they're trying so mm-hmm. hard to be read as their appropriate gender they want to try to be as masculine as they can because you know this may be the opportunity that they have to feel like themselves as men and so it's just like some of his behavior really feels that way to me i can see that for sure and i especially i can see the fandom latching onto that that, that, those are honestly a lot of the same points that are are, are uh, noted. Um, I think it's in season two when Stephen does the body swap with Lars. There's a not necessarily evidence, but things that kind of like help prop up that because it's never confirmed by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not it's also never denied. Like the Rebecca Sugar. The thing I very much appreciate about Rebecca Sugar is that she doesn't really do uh, a whole lot of like retroactively talking about shit about the show. She's like, it happened. <laughs> Make yeah. up your own mind about it. Yeah, I don't care. I, I like people that I, I like people that don't bat you know, retroactively like, yeah. oh yeah, we're gonna say that this hap- this is this because 
Just like stick by what you did. Yeah. You know? I mean, I she's know. clarified stuff before, but it's not. Uh... There's a difference, mm-hmm. though, between like we could not get this representation on screen, even though we of were course. trying. Yeah, of course. And like yeah. Dumbledore is gay. LOL. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I completely. I mean, agree, I don't think. I don't think that the the narrative was necessarily unintentional, considering who is on the Crooniverse and like Rebecca Sugar's own, uh, like own sort of uh, reckoning with their gender a- as the show went along. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and. I don't, but I don't, I've never seen any notes about it and like no one's officially talked about it. I think it may probably wasn't necessarily intentional. It's just there because it's in, it's in the zeitgeist of all of the people who are writing the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. You know what the, just yeah. hit me when you talked about the, the zeitgeist? Mm-hmm. Um, Lars kind of reads like Dave Strider to me in similar respects because Dave Strider is also a shitty person and this is for like, the two people who listen to us who also uh, read Homestuck, but I'm just putting that out into the universe. Dave Strider and Lars are similar characters. Every time you do this, August, I have to edit out the sounds of you getting out your Homestuck tinfoil hat. (laughs) It's so mean to me. Thank you. Um, I'm glad I figured out the title for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, yeah sorry (laughs) i do really think that it's interesting though that steven is trying to take responsibility for what happened Mm -hmm. yeah well i think steven honestly i don't think he's trying to take responsibility for sadie i think he thinks that he is responsible in this i mean in a sense that he is he just obviously did not understand what the situation was he knew that people were upset he knew that one person hurt another person but he didn't a hundred percent understand the context of what that hurt was um mm-hmm. steven still has a very poor grasp when it comes to like romantic relationships uh it would seem and i and i think in a way steven wanted to be a hero and do yeah. good. Like Lars was a shithead to Sadie. We're gonna get back at Lars for being mean, you know. But then it snowballed. Yeah. Uh, or there were more complex. It was a more complex hurt than he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because that Sadie talking to Lars. God, Jesus! The dialogue in this show is just like we're coming at you. <laughs> this this episode was very, this one was my favorite one out of the three that I watched. I really enjoyed this one, especially because of the dialogue. I thought that it was just really poignant. And I thought that the dealing with the, you know, especially going back to that one line, you know, what is it? If you hurt someone that hurt you, you know, what does that make you? You know, it's just, that was just such a good line. And I just really enjoyed this episode a lot. It's real interesting because like, like, like we said before, like, Steven Universe is, like, a show for kids that in no way, shape, or form, like, talks down to kids. Like, it meets them at their level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It treats kids as equals. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's, like, you're not going to get two teenagers, like, 18-year-olds who are still trying to, like, figure out their own lives having this sort of, like, weird emotional reckoning with one another in a lot of other shows. Yeah. she yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got there. It took you five seasons. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so. 
Uh, do we have anything else for uh, joking victim? I don't personally, I, but I, it was my favorite one. Just I wanted to. Re- yeah, these were three real good that. episodes. I, was... I feel like. Oh yeah. Like yeah, especially for me who had never watched any Steven Universe, I really enjoyed yeah. these three. I mean, honestly, we've we're at what episode twenty one. I don't feel like we've watched a bad episode yet. No. Uh, there are some that are less plot heavy, but they're still good episodes. Um, everybody out there <laughs> who doesn't like air quotes filler episodes on Steven Universe. Yeah, um, I think the weakest was um, shit. What was the title? Uh, I think the weakest one that we've watched so far is Cheeseburger Backpack. Yeah, which is weird because it's like the most sort of like it would be what you would quantify as like a, you know, an A plot episode. Mm hmm. Um, though I feel like part of I feel like I, I still kind of feel like Cheeseburger Backpack <clears throat> was was one of the first episodes written. Mm hmm. And then it got slotted kind of later in the timeline because it, it, it feels a little hiccupy kind of in those first, like what six episodes kind of feels like they're, they're trying to find their footing for the storytelling. But I mean, that's fair. It's a new cartoon. So. Alrighty. Well, um, pretty much ends things. Uh, there's a new art book coming out for Steven universe. I might buy it, uh, just to have it, frankly. Uh, I don't know if we'll go over it because it's, it's talking about a lot of in game stuff. Um, but I, I want it. I've seen some links from it. It looks good. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's fun. We might talk about that. Uh, I sent you an article, August, that you didn't read about Sailor Moon. I did read it, actually. Well, prove me wrong then, I guess. <laughs> uh, maybe we can talk about that at some point. Uh, yeah. Because I think our next set of episodes, so next week we are, or next week, but next episode, um, we are covering episodes 22, Steven and the Stevens, 23, Monster Buddies, and 24, Indirect Kiss. Um, And uh, so we we might have a little bit of time to talk about that. I don't Uh, know, because if Steven and the Stevens is the episode that I remember it being, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. That's a lot. Yep. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of an episode. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and I guess we'll take it to the close at one hour 46. Uh, very succinct. That's us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you again for coming, Katie. Uh, we appreciated having you and talking with you. You're super fun. Uh, we love having you around. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was awesome. I am so glad I got to do this. Yeah, it was um, real nice. Do you want to plug your your contactees again? Yeah, like I said, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Katie Face. Um, I do games um, with off underscore the table on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also um, a, a curated or a, a GM for Magpie Games. Uh, we run curated games. I run a. Uh, um, Bluebird's Bride for them. Um, if you're ever interested in playing that, uh, you can. Uh, play a game of Bluebird's Bride with me, which is very fun. Um, very dark, spooky, very heavy game, but a very safe environment if you want to ever play a that's game. That's the kind of th- that's the like kind of treasure planety, steampunky. Uh, oh no, no, no! This is the one where the the old um, the old story of uh, where you're the bride 
with the man that sort of whisks you away from your family, um, where um, you uh, you all play as one one personality facet of this bride, and you uh, all his other brides have gone oh. missing um, mysteriously. Okay. I was getting confused with Lady Blackbird. I realized that's what I was. Yeah, Lady Blackbird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. That sounds like a really cool game. It's very fun. It's a very, very heavy game, very, but, you know, lean into safety tools and yeah. you'll be great. You guys should go pay, pay Katie to run that game for you. I've, uh, I've, everything I've, else I've heard from Katie on Off the Table and all of her other projects leads me to believe that it's a 10 out of 10 experience. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Um, you can find the show uh, at Gay Space Pod. Uh, you can find me. Uh, at Roomware Pod, come talk to us about the show. Uh, you can find the link to our Discord down in the description. We have a very good community there where we talk about uh, Steven Universe, My Little Pony, the Animorphs, our <laughs> other tabletop RPGs, one of which is also the Animorphs. Uh, <laughs> you can hear uh, food. You can hear Brian getting more and more exasperated with the various things that have cropped up in the Discord. <laughs> um you can join us and play video games uh august and i on mondays we stream video games right now we're going through bioshock we're on bioshock 2 it's a i remember bioshock 2 being like maybe bioshock 2 is a bit of a of a, of a dark horse in the bioshock series i was fucking wrong uh <laughs> so come listen to me be mad for three fucking hours on mondays until we're through this game um august uh I've been August. You can <laughs> find me on Twitter at Harpydora. Uh, you can find my uh, original podcast that I'm from at FTLcast, an actual play podcast. Um, and speaking of ponies, the reason why there's a channel uh, talking about My Little Pony is because my partner and I on... Uh, October 14th are launching a uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic rewatch podcast where we similarly talk about things that are probably meant to be jokes and then take them diegetically and wonder at what the fuck the writers were thinking. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. Cool. All righty. Uh, who said our outro last time? Was it you? I think it was you. Okay. Well, you can do it this time. Okie dokie. Well, uh, remember everybody, be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.